I have met people and I have friends from California to Maine, all over the United States, and I met them all because of being an umpire. This game has allowed me to travel. This game has just been great to me, and I love every minute of being out there. This is the Coaching Life Podcast, and I'm Chris Stewart, sitting alongside of my friend and co-host, Coach. <laughs> coach Pat Martin. I was waiting. Thanks, Coach. Yep, yep. Good to be here. Oh, I thought, I, see, that was your perfect opportunity to say, thanks, Chris. <laughs> Roll reversal. That's not, that's not how it works week. with me, though. That's not me. I, I respect you. You forget my name. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, man, I, something caught my attention last week, and I mentioned it to you, and we said, let's just make it the topic of our conversation for the next podcast. And uh, what caught my attention was the, the fact that my son is working as an athletic director now, yep. and so I'm getting to see uh, <laughs> his first experience at trying to schedule officials for high school sports, mm-hmm. football officials, volleyball they don't have home cross country meets at Eastern, but you know, a lot of schools have a lot of sports going on. Eastern only has a few sports going on, you know, home games throughout the week and he's having a hard time getting officials. Yeah. And, um, there are a lot of high schools. I saw a story about what was it? Uh, Waverly, a local school here changed their game from Friday to Saturday solely because there were not enough oh. officials to do the game yeah, I missed that. on a Friday night. And that's, mm. that's becoming the, uh, a, that is the epidemic of our day in high school sports. And so um, I thought we would jump into that a little bit. And, and, and it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long to realize how big of a, of, of a problem it is. Sure. It's, it's happening nationwide. Listen to this. Ohio has been dealing with a decline in the number of sports officials, making it harder for teams and leagues to try to organize games. Football season is here, but a shortage of referees means high school and youth sporting events could be impacted. With high school sports already underway throughout our region, Kentucky is dealing with a shortage of officials for all types of sports. A shortage of officials is causing issues for the Pennsylvania Intergalactic Athletic Association. It may be the most thankless job in America, a high school sports referee. The best ones go completely unnoticed. The ones deemed below average? Well, spectators have no problem seeing those stripes. Nationwide shortage of youth sports officials. Wisconsin is dealing with a shortage of high school sports officials in all sports, but especially football. Those Friday night lights are now coming on Thursdays and Saturdays too. Not enough that Ottawa Hills actually had to move its Friday night football game to Thursday just so they have refs. The problem is we're seeing fewer and fewer people officiate games. If there's no referees, there's no game. And if there's no game, there's no fun. And TJ, youth sports are meant to be fun. Carlos Mejia coaches and is the director for girls at the New York Soccer Club. He says he's seeing referees leave year after year and that there needs to be guidelines between officials, parents, and the league. According to the National Federation of State High School Association, there has been a loss of about 50,000 referees and umpires nationwide since the 2018-2019 season, forcing schools to rearrange their game day schedules. Tag 
is in time. The shortage of new high school baseball umpires is worrisome to longtime assigner Greg Kramer. Officials in Ohio tell us the referee shortage is most critical in these sports, volleyball, soccer, lacrosse, track and field, and baseball. But there's been an uptick in the number of children taking officiating classes. Soon, parents and student athletes, well, they'll be going through these locked gates and they'll be taking the field and taking the stands. But the biggest problem that is contributing to the referee shortage here in Michigan, well, it's the heckling parents. Although the OHSA has lost nearly 1,300 officials since the 2019-20 school year, there is hope a new plan will soon spark interest. What's the plan? Or the hope in a plan? <laughs> the clip ended there. So it actually took me maybe 30 minutes, Pat. I, I don't know how many states, you, different states you heard there. I just went on Quite YouTube. Few, yeah. I, I went on YouTube and just, and just typed in the search bar uh, shortage of officials, officials shortage, and just took some clips and put them together just so that we could have uh, sort of a backdrop for today's conversation. But before we actually go any further, something else that we thought would be a great idea today is to bring a longtime official in to talk with us yes. about this. Because it's one thing for you and I to talk about it. I want to hear from the people that are doing it. And I think this is the first guest we've had in studio. In a while. Two years. You might be right. It's at least two years. You might be right. Well, wait. Yeah. In studio. In person, <clears throat> in studio. Two years. Well, okay. So an extra special welcome then to our guest, John Hanlon. How you doing, John? Oh, I'm doing good. Thank you. I had a baby. Well, let me tell you a little bit about John. John has been around our area of the world here in southeastern Ohio for a long time officiating. Um, I ran into, man, you and I have gone back to youth ball, you know, in, in uh, Sandlot days. Your son and was the, 10. Yeah, yeah. And yep. he's 25, he just turned 25. And yeah. he's one of the athletic directors who's trying to hire you right now, right, as yeah. an official. <laughs> but but you've, you have been officiating for 21 years, you told me last night. Yeah. And uh, most recently, you've been working in, in college baseball for nine years, um, also certified to work varsity uh, as varsity sports games in five different sports total. He's also helping with Ohio High School in being an observer for officials in multiple sports. And each year he goes back and, and uh, you basically have to continue your cert. It's not really a certification process for the NCAA or NAIA, but you just have to pass a test. To it's a test in clinics. Gotcha. Got to yeah. have your assigners keep, keep seeing you in clinics yeah. to get games. Yeah. But he's a conference uh, weekend official for multiple D2 conferences and o the OAC in Division Three. I know that when Brock was playing college ball, we ran into John a handful of times down in Beckley and yeah. uh, Charleston and, and uh, back uh, Ohio Valley as well. Did you ever go to Alderson Broadus and do any home games there? Yeah, I had a couple out there. I had uh, them in uh, Western Kentucky. No, Eastern yeah. Kentucky. Okay. Sorry, we and, missed that one. And, yeah. Uh, Could have made that fun. <laughs> Oh, I had them in a few different. I think you were there. There was a. It was his sophomore year, I believe. They missed the uh, the the conference championships, the conference playoffs by one game, and it was yeah. it came down to them and OVU, and uh, in that series, and 
they won. They, they needed to win two. They won the game three, and then they went to play game four. They were ahead in that game, and OBU had this huge comeback and actually won at the last in the yeah. at, you know, in the last inning. Uh, it was heartbreaking for AB, but of course exciting for. And they literally OBU got in the vans that night because every the rest of the conference was there. They were already in. Uh, that was that was the um, GMAC. They yeah. were already in uh, at Prasco Park in Cincinnati, waiting on the next team to come, and it was going to be one of those two. We're, you were doing that, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I had the plate on that last game, yeah, too. Yeah, And I was just... Oh, and it got, it got testy, too. They it, had that catcher. He, had, he was a spark plug, man. He, that kid was. He had, he had a little bit of a mouth on him. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's about the nicest way to put it. Good deal. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we have a... Uh, um, an interesting topic, to say the least. It could be a contentious one. It could be one where there could be, uh, a, you know, I guess different perspectives on why. But if you, if if I were to play more, you know, longer pieces of those clips that we heard just seconds of earlier, those stories that those news channels were doing were focusing on the reason for officials' shortage mm-hmm. being the behavior of parents. Yeah. And it was interesting to me that only a couple times in those in those stories, those news stories that I watched, did I even see mention of behavior of coaches. Yeah. It's mostly behavior from stands, from the yeah. fans and parents. It's interesting. I don't I I think that's I think that's the easy way. You know, I we have an issue. We have, we have an a issue. problem. Yeah. How do we fix it? You know, yeah. cuz I think if we if we you know, if we constantly go back to the uh well the parents need to behave better in the stands or even if coaches need to behave better towards the umpires then it, it's it's really just it's argumentative yeah you yeah know? and we people's gonna put up walls against that idea and they're gonna have reasons that they should continue to be mm-hmm. <laughs> that the way the, you know the way that they behave i think we just need to figure out how we stop it you know what I mean? And I, that's that's the trick. I think that's the plan. The, the hope of the new plan isn't that, you know, miraculously that every fan that comes to a game or every coach is really, really nice to our officials because I don't think that's feasible. That's not going to happen. And that never has been. No. You were getting ready to say something, John. No, I was just going to say you're right. That it, it It's never going to be that way. But we have to find a happy medium. Sure. Honestly, the the riling with the fans, I get it. They get uptight. They get really anxious when it's a good game or when it's their kid out there. I get that. (laughs) However, here's what I told one guy, and he had to sit there and he stopped and think about it. I said, honestly, if you're yelling at me, what's your kid doing? Yeah. Because you have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's a bunch of fall off from that. One, if you're distracting the umpire, the umpire is probably not going to be doing the best job that they can do. You want them to do a better job. Yeah. You're not helping. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, pointing at that kid, you know, what's the kid going to do? Uh, he it might match that energy and be yelling at the umpire. Well, yeah. that's, that's going to get that kid yeah. uh, in, in a spot that they don't want to be in. <laughs> I want to go back and correct something I just said. You want, I said, as a parent, you're thinking... Or somebody from the stands could be a coach too. You want them to do a better job. I should say you want them to do a better job from your perspective. 
because yeah. I can tell you this. I, I uh, one of the things that really helped me to hold my tongue, both in speaking to umpires as well as speaking to my players, was when I started putting a GoPro on the fence behind mm, yeah. the uh, the. Um, Right, directly behind the catcher, mm-hmm. and and I could, and then and, you know there were pitches that often our catcher would not move the mitt, hit the mitt, and of course from the dugout I had a great view of that. Right, that's a strike. Come on, and then I watched the video. Oh wait, our catcher's set up. He's mm-hmm. practically outside the box. Right. Our catcher set up. It's actually not a strike. It looked like a strike, and that's what happens. Is it looks like you know, for from your perspective, you think they need to do a better job, and often. They might be right on, and you just don't you don't you don't oh, know absolutely. it because you can't I, see it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, you've probably been out on the field many many times or a court when you wish that you were getting uh, heckled by someone and you thought, I wish they would uh, do this a couple yeah. times and see. <laughs> just, just please come out here for a half inning. Yeah, just, mm-hmm. all you need is a half of an inning. Right, yeah. right, and you know, but like foul balls, you know, fair balls down the line. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of times the only person that can see that is the umpire, the catcher, and then any fan that's standing <laughs> directly, directly behind them. Yeah, and anyone else doesn't have that. Yeah, that, you know that yeah. perspective. And let's so. just, let's be honest: the fan that's sitting directly behind there has a subjective <clears throat> opinion. They either want it to be fair or foul. One or they the other. They want it right? to be one or the other. The umpire <laughs> does not want it to be one or the other. You just want to be right. Right. You want to be able to see it correctly. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's where people go, you know, the idea of an umpire cheating. Like, okay, right. let's let's cover that real quick. I mean, is it 1%? I mean, is, is it completely impossible? No. But is it 1%? Maybe it's 1%, you know what I mean? I, well, <laughs> I mean, these guys, they're not, you know, guys and, and women are not out there to cheat and I mean honestly right now most of them and I think this is a problem that we have and I'd like to get your perspective on this John is a lot of the umpires that we have right now in my opinion they do it for the money because the, it's there and we lack guys and girls women <laughs> that have a love for the game because mm. we've ran those people off there is that yeah. and, and you are right. They are there for the money. But there's there's a couple of things that go along with that. Let's take baseball for an example. As a new umpire trying to get into baseball, baseball is the most expensive sport to start out in because when you start out, you're already for good equipment, not great, but for good equipment, $750 in a hole. Wow. Yeah. That's something I don't think about. Yeah. I've, yeah. I mean, either. And you're working only JV games. Right. Because hmm. you're just That's starting. $45 a game. And you're spending gas. <laughs> it's going to take you a long time to catch up there. That first year, if you make any money, you're doing really, really good. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that people forget about is they think we're getting paid really well. Not, yeah. not really. And I'm not. You're not getting paid in, hardly enough. That's we, I've, I've done some uh, volleyball line judging over the past couple <laughs> weeks. And they, they're like, sign up on this thing and get paid. I think they pay $15 a game. Yeah. I'm like, that's not enough for me to do this. If, I, if I'm going to do it. You're gonna have to pay. Like, if you're gonna pay me, and you gotta pay me a lot. And more you're than not I have licensed to do, to do it. 
Now, You've not taken any classes to do that, right. like an umpire yeah, or official. We have would. to renew every year, yeah. and we have to pay money yeah. every yes. year. Yeah. As we as do coaches, we understand. We understand that aspect of it yeah. as a coach. Yeah, yeah, but for sure. the travel, the meetings we have to go to, the equipment upkeep. My bag right now, I probably got twenty five hundred dollars worth of equipment in it, mm. just for one sport. Just for one yeah. sport. Yeah. So, do you have to pay for the license for each sport as well? Yes. If you want to do a different sport, then it's all individual. Wow. So, Hmm. it's like fifty-five dollars for the first sport, and then OHSA charges you twenty-five dollars for each additional sport. Okay. So that's your registration there. Then your local registration. Yeah. You have that as well. So. There's more to it than just, oh, well, you, you pay a fee and here you go. Mm-hmm. It, it, there, there's a lot sure. more <laughs> really involved in it. Yeah. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask a question, kind of going back to the, 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 the parents and the fans and the stands and things like that. And then, you know, one of the things, my observation has been, you know, and, and of course, ninety-five percent of my experience is in the game of baseball. And so, right. I mean, I, when I when we say officials, we're most of the time here going to say umpires, but we, right. we, it could be any any sport. You always notice that some officials handle the heckling or whatever you want to call it, the the bad behavior of parents, a little better than others. And I'm wondering from you, like, what's the line for you? Like, when does a fan that's not on the field cause you to to want to actually do something about it like to turn around and say something or to grab the athletic director or the school admin that's there and say hey we got to do something about this person because it's it's it seems to be different for different people and I, and it might just be personality thing right it, it really is a personality it, it's easy to say hey hey um, uh, take the rabbit ears down right yeah. take the, uh, that's kind of what i'm saying yeah. right when when do the rabbit ears go for, up <laughs> for, for me personally if I hear somebody in the stands, and irregardless of what anybody says, we hear everything. Right. We just That's impossible not to, right? Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, I'll bend down and talk to the catcher. You hear these yes. idiots back yes. there, and <laughs> we'll sit there and chuckle about it. Until they were mom, to use, until they were, nah, use the word you. Hmm. And as soon as they use you, I listen to what comes next because anything that gets derogatory, they're done. Yeah. yeah. You are n- and, and it used to be before they taught ignore, ignore, ignore the fans. And that's where the problem came from is a lot of the problem came from is that we ignored it. Hmm. And the more we ignored it, the more miles, it wasn't an inch they took, they took miles. Interesting. And now I've gotten to the point where if you want to berate me, you don't need to be there because you're not there for your kids. You're there to make a spectacle. And I'm not there for that, and I'm not going to listen to it. That's fair. It makes sense. Yeah. You said it used to be they taught ignore. What, are, they, are they actually teaching in, these, in the umpire classes different or officials classes different now? Officials, I think, have kind of taken that line of that was the straw that broke our backs and we are done. Yeah. And, and 
it it's that point now that <clears throat> excuse me a lot of officials don't want to come back because of the berating and most of the time it's either in baseball or basketball because the fans are closer to the court oh. and closer to the field to where you can hear everything that's being said and there are times where i have just really wanted to turn around and walk into the stands and be like you really want to say that to my face <laughs> but it's not worth I've it. I've said I, before on this show, there's no way I'd want to do basketball. Absolutely not. But it's amazing that some people who some people really love doing basketball. Yeah, John, you have to be borderline crazy. To do <laughs> you really kind of do, and and it, it's one of those. You can't ones do anything where, right. No, it, they expect you to come in as a new official, perfect, and get better from there. Right. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Basketball's so hard to call. I've, it is. Uh, You've got four eyes watching ten kids. Yeah, and just trying it. Yeah. You know, in practice, very and fast like pace. That. It, it is it's difficult. That's a good. That's a good day uh, for coaches out there, basketball coaches. If you do run scrimmages and things, um, be and you're, you're you're you know you're serving as an official be cognizant of the way that your players during those practices are responding to you as an official, you know, as you mm -hmm. grow and, and correct that as you're, yeah. as you're coaching, because that it, it's something you need to do. Yeah. I can't require it, but it's something that I strongly encourage our baseball players to do at Eastern is, and I actually give uh, Chris Carroll their, I'm like, he already has a lot of their contact info anyway. It's a small community. But but I say, you need to umpire all summer long. One, you're going to make a little extra cash. But two, you're going to learn the game. Mm. You're going to learn the game. You're going to learn what it's like it to be in that in those shoes. Yeah. yeah see, you're going to learn how hard it is I, to I've, do that. So I'm going to make a statement that's going to... Uh, support or give us an idea of how bad the situation we are we're okay. in. I don't allow my kids to umpire. Mm, you're on the opposite <laughs> end of that. And when I say kids, I mean my children. Oh, your, your personal children. Yeah. They, Jeremiah they and to, Jake. Yeah. Now I have reached out to the team and asked them if they were willing to umpire like junior high games and things like that. But it bothers me even when my, you know, our baseball players. Oh yeah our umpiring game like i i try to be there especially junior high, i've been there but i it's hard for me to sit and listen to someone get on them too much you know um well i've got i've got a story for you okay it's yeah. right along those lines and we were at sandlot about four years ago daughters are playing softball out there and i like to stand by the road, away from everybody. So you're a fan at this point. I'm a fan, okay. mm. and I'm a dad, and I'm standing by the road just doing nothing except watching my daughters play, loving that part. Yeah. And they have a little boy. He's probably, I think he was 13 or 14 years old, back behind the plate calling mm -hmm. balls and strikes. Fisher. I know his first name was Fisher. Oh, yeah. They are get, they, these parents are riding this boy like there is no tomorrow. And I sat back there with my fiance, and I, I sat back there for about a half inning. And, and I sat back, and I took it, and I took it. And I was like, you know what? I can't take this anymore. 
And I walked up to the backstop and I looked at him. I said, you, young man, are doing a good job. Don't listen to him. Don't worry about it. And I turned around and I said, I don't see any of you guys out there trying to help the situation or volunteering to be out in the field with him. So why don't you all be quiet and shut up? Yeah, there's a reason we have to have a 13-year-old kid out here. Exactly. Because you're not wanting to do it. Yeah. And Was he by himself? Well, he was. That's, and that's so a, that's I, went out responsibility. And I went back out there with him and I helped yeah. him in sandals to yeah. call a game because nobody would help him. Yeah. And I looked at all of them and, and I said, really? <laughs> this is a 14-year-old boy. And the words that you are using mm -hmm. to describe that young man... Oh no! I was like, if I was, if that was my child, I'd have beat every single one of you to death. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's even a little, you know. So I don't, I don't. Maybe I'm a little, even a little bit naive to the issue that we're having because you know, I think, like you said earlier, anything derogatory to me, that's a horrible example. Yeah, it, I mean, that's just, the, the, it sh that shouldn't happen. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a part of like I do think. Officials and umpires should, you know, limit interaction with the fans and not let them, you know, the goal, they should have a goal of not allowing what the fans are saying to bother them. But when it gets to that point, you know, the umpire shouldn't even have to deal with that. That should be something that the administration or the coaches yeah. should step up and yeah. say, you know, we can't have this. We've this seen in recent years players, professional players, get to a point to where they've had enough yeah and they go in the stands that's true you know people I mean, people yelling out throwing stuff at it you know things like that and and it's it, it is it's uh well okay along the same vein of thinking okay let me play devil's advocate here right and i'll ask you a question john so is this really new like haven't officials always been treated poorly haven't people always yelled from the stands? Hasn't this always been a problem? I mean, I can take you back. I can find it a is. bunch of videos from, you know, the 1960s and Earl Weaver. Of course, those are all, again, those are coaches yelling. Yeah. But it, aren't, it weren't, weren't fans yelling too at, at those well, games? And there again, it goes back to where we were taught to ignore, ignore, ignore. Yeah. And we did. We ignored it. We didn't. You call us all kinds of names. I've had to go home and look it up what you've <laughs> called me to find out what you said. But we're supposed we were supposed to ignore it because and like you said, talking to fans, there is nothing good that mm -hmm. ever comes from a referee talking to a fan because the fan is one-sided irregardless. Yeah. So whatever you say to them, they don't want to hear it that way. So why should I waste my breath? <laughs> yeah. When all it's going to do is cause more of an argument. And now I'm going to be either looking at the coach, looking at the athletic director going, get him out. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's a little bit more preventative like that, where I try not to look at the fans. I try not to interact with them for the most part. And I guess that's what I'm wondering. Like, so is, is, is the problem, and, I, and again, I'm, I'm not standing on one particular right. position here, but is the problem the fans or is the problem now we are interacting with them Here's as the officials? Thing, it really doesn't matter what the problem is. <laughs> that's true. You know what I mean? That's true. And that's what I kind of alluded yeah, to earlier. Right. Because he, 
there's less that are willing to deal with the experience, whatever the experience is. Yeah. We have to figure out a way to get more that are willing yeah. to deal with that experience. Yeah. That's, that's the, the new hope yeah. for a plan. That, you know, that, that is the new the hope. Well, there used to be a rule of two. For every two new umpires that came out, one of them would stay. Hmm. We're at the rule of four now. Oh, for wow. For every four new that umpires that come in. No, four new umpires that start, one will stay after two years. Oh, time. I see what you're saying. Yeah. They, that, they don't stay. Yeah. Because they get rode. They get called. I don't know about anybody else, but there is no other job that you can go to and get berated by everybody, and it's oh, and let's okay. just be honest. In, in it's quotes, not just it's a, okay, and it's you're talking about a job like yeah. a, like I wouldn't get paid a full time salary and benefits and allow that to happen, let alone get paid thirty five dollars and have to drive to it and get yelled at that way. Someone I, told I me. Gotcha. Someone yeah. told me a couple years ago that officials and umpires are the only type of people in the world that we are not allowed or that we're still allowed to offend. We can't offend yes, anybody right. else except umpires and officials. That's right, because we're all on the same team on that one right yeah. there. Oh, we yeah. all hate them. They're all, they all suck. No. It, it, you know, and I heard, a, I heard a comment a long time ago, and it just stuck in my head that umpires are the ugly stepchild that nobody in the family wants to deal with, but you have to deal with them. <laughs> they're, an unnes- they're a necessary part of the game, and we got to figure out a way. We're not doing any favors here of trying to get new people to want to officiate so far. No. Uh, 30 minutes into our podcast. All right. Well, I'll tell yeah. you what, though. <laughs> Here's the great part about it, and this is the yeah, best that's what part I about hear. sports, and this is the best part I've ever come to know about umpiring. Three of my best friends are all umpires. My best man at my wedding yeah. will probably be an umpire. I have met people and I have friends from California to Maine, all over the United States, and I met them all because of being an umpire. This game has paid for things. This game has allowed me to travel. This game has just been great to me and I love every minute of being out there before the first pitch I have butterflies every single game and if I don't have butterflies it's probably time for me to go yeah because I I can sorry to cut you off you're describing a feeling from an umpire standpoint that I get from a coach's standpoint Mm. and that's what earlier when you said something about what is missing you wonder is is are we missing? Are we? Or do we have fewer people like you? Absolutely, John? fewer yeah, people like that. We've we've ruined that, you know. Yeah. And 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 the people that feel like you, you know, are have decided that it's no longer worth it. You know, they've they've gotten their experience while they love the game. They're going to experience the game a different way, yeah, a different route, right? Than that, yeah. Because honestly, truthfully. Do you want to go someplace for two hours and get yelled at constantly by anybody? <laughs> yeah, I mean, of not. irregardless of the money you make, and 
for a long time, varsity games were only $40 a game when I first started, 35 and $40 a game. So you're out there for two hours just getting beat on. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, this, this, the, the truth about this is if you, if you are a person, here's the other thing that specifically baseball is dealing with. If you are an umpire that enjoys the game and, and you know, has that feeling and, and has a love for it, you move over to softball. Yeah. You know, a little bit of a different game, but you can still have that feeling. And it's only an hour it's long. A, it's only an uh, hour long. I see what you're saying. I was going to say, I have been get, to some softball games where you get paid you're oh, yelled no, at no, a lot. You're still going to get yelled at. I'm telling you right, right now, at softball, oh, I haven't been in both worlds. Softball can be worse. Time. But we're not going to let them off the hook. It's less time. But I mean, you yeah. get paid. You know, a a lot yeah. of baseball umpires have yeah. done that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And you don't get overtime. You know, right. yeah. extra innings. It doesn't right. matter how many. That's right. I remind you guys of that it's sometimes. Still like, you know, the when same you same amount when you intentionally allow other teams to tie us and take us into. Extra <laughs> oh yeah, because I hate you know, that. That's, I hate when that, you guys. Yeah, we're not paying you extra as we're sitting walking to the plate for our plate meeting, going, you know what? <laughs> Seventh inning. I'm gonna make sure we go extras just because yeah. I feel that like strike being zone out. is gonna be yeah, a right. Pringles can in that second and seventh. <laughs> Let me ask you this: um, What do you when you go? You probably I'm not gonna ask you your favorite place because it's obviously Meg's. But when you go to umpire baseball games, or even, <laughs> even if you, we can even use basketball as an example, or even volleyball. You know, everything, every sport that you use. What are some of the things that make you want to go to specific places? Hmm. Hmm. The way I get treated. Well, I mean, and, yeah, and, it, and it, it's not, it, it's more than just the way the fans treat you. Mm-hmm. The way that you can talk to coaches, the way the athletic director greets you, the way that, hey, we've got some waters back there in the locker room for you during halftime, or if you want a Gatorade, let me know and I'll bring it in. Little, little things. It's not... We don't, as umpires, truthfully, we don't ask for a lot. Respect, and maybe throw us some water. Some, <laughs> hey, after the game, why don't you go up and get whatever you want at the concession stand? Mm-hmm. You know, don't get crazy with it, but you know, get something to eat. We really appreciate that There's more the than anything that people realize. You got to know that you're appreciated yeah. to want to go somewhere. I would assume. Yeah. And if you if you you know if you go to a school district where it's like, well, you're an unnecessary you're a necessary evil we have to put up with for the next two hours. Why would you ever want to go back? But sure. if you if you walk in and they roll out the red carpet for you and you're appreciated, I'm going to guess that's going to help make them want to come to your school, yeah. and and you know or to your park or your association wherever it is that you're. There overseeing. are certain schools that I will not go to. Yeah, I absolutely refuse to go to because of the way I got treated. Yeah, and you hate to be like that. But I'm an well. You have the choice. I'm an independent That's contractor. The thing, right. <laughs> I can go where I choose. Yeah, you don't have to go. No, not at all. Right. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is we're not contracted through OHSAA or the NCAA. We're all independent contractors, so there is no insurance. There mm-hmm. is no retirement. There is no future benefits 
other than what you're making from this game yeah. and the possibility of tournament games. And see, that's what I, I mean. I don't, it's not, it's not a career. I think, I think a lot of people <laughs> like, yeah, if you're, I, I guess if you're doing college, I don't know what college umpires are paid, but if you're doing college games every day, maybe, but uh, you know, or pro, you know what I mean? But still, you know, Kevin Schwartzel doesn't make that as career. Well, yeah, good point. I, I mean, he's he's at one of the yeah. higher levels of anyone around here, you yes, know, doing he the Big Ten, and he's also a he's also a funeral director. He's also a, a business a, owner. He's a business yeah. owner, yeah. And I guess that's my point when I tell people like I don't, I usually don't take money to umpire because you can't. It's I don't do it for the money. If I did it for the money, you couldn't pay me to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it, I, I I maybe that's an understanding that would help people, you know, as fans and even coaches that. You know, there. This is there. It's actually a volunteer position. It very much is. We're it, we're, we're we're giving you a donation, basically. It it, it kind of is, and you're really right because if people would understand, would just see what we make for the amount of physical work that we put in running up and down that floor or squatting, doing bends, coming back up, running towards first base, running out towards second base, and God forbid you really have to take him all the way around. But <laughs> for that amount of money and that amount of work and that little bit of time, I don't think people realize, because if you factor in, if you want to get something to eat after the game, if you factor in sure. gas, yep. everything that you factor in, by the time you're done, you really make minimum wage. Yeah, and the time, because, you know, a lot of people be like, you know, if, I think the TVC, I, you might know this, is, I think that we pay $80 for umpires. I think they just recently made a across-the-board fee, right? Because yep. I think Athens was paying a little bit more than some other schools. And they, yeah, more than yeah. And they just... But you they can, just, do you have to pay that, or can you choose to pay more? I think they can choose to pay more, but I think that was there's a minimum the baseline. Yeah. Hmm. The Interesting, um, you know. Some people look at that and say, "Well, the baseball game's two hours long. He's making forty bucks an hour. It's plenty of money." But it doesn't it doesn't equate that way. First of all, it's it's you know you're it's probably not driving. two hours. Well, right. I'm just using that. Yeah. You know, say it's three. Well, even still, but you're gonna... talking about just the game, but right. driving where they, wherever they live, driving to and from. Yes. The amount of time that they put in to prepare for that game, you know, that it, it really yeah. it really doesn't. I mean, it's it's like us saying, all oh, your coaches, you guys get paid for the two hours that you're out there playing, you know, playing games. Right. You and, and I know better be than that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we've got to be there 45 minutes early. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah, that's a good point. Right. It, yeah. It, you do. It's not just. Yeah. Exactly. You don't just start when the game starts. You you. Show and, up early. And gas prices are so great right now that, you <laughs> yeah. know, it makes us... And that's another problem is yes. because of the gas prices, the way that they are, we're not making enough to make it worth our while to travel. Yeah. I used to travel an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes for a football game. Not anymore. Hmm. If I go more than 30 minutes, you've really accomplished something hmm. with me. Just because it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense money-wise, Yeah, I, I can't donate my time anymore like that. That just, it, it doesn't, 
it doesn't make sense. I've heard a lot, I've heard several umpires, or actually not umpires, officials say that they've been trying to get games closer to yeah. you know where they live yeah. for that very reason. Yeah, you know, I think the key is there's a relationship value there, and I think that's the you know that's one of the keys to if you if if we have people out there that are willing to try to change their behavior their attitude towards umpires one of the keys is you know if you're not going to try to develop a relationship with that umpire uh, at least imagine that you have a relationship with that yeah. umpire you know that they're one of your friends or a friend of your friend or something of that nature and i think that you know i've you treat those people better you yeah. don't, you know, it's, I, it, you don't get as angry. I'll never forget the first time as a young coach, I mean, I'm talking, I was probably 25 years old coaching American Legion baseball. And I, we went up and played in Lancaster and a veteran umpire named Tim Shoemaker was, was behind the plate. It's the first time I had met him and we went over ground rules and, uh, we had, you know, there was, uh, there was, he, you know, he, he was calling balls and strikes and, and our, our pitcher had some body language where he disagreed, right. With like, and like he kind of shook his head and, and everything. And so I called timeout, went out to talk to him. And then when Tim, when Tim came out to get me, he said, Hey, he said, Hey, Chris, he said, uh, just want to let you know. He said, he said, just, just, just tell him that, you know, those kinds of things, you know, it doesn't help him any. And he said, anything that we need to talk about, you you call me Tim. I'll call you Chris. Let's 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 establish here that we're out here to try to to figure things out to the best of everybody's benefit. And I, and and I remember that changed me a little bit because you know I had this I was a young coach and I had this idea that umpires were out to get us. <laughs> right. I came right. into the game with a chip on my shoulder all the time. I wrote about this in Building Champions about how just it was like an epiphany moment for me where it's like wait a minute. What, yeah, what, they, our opponent is not the team we're playing against and the umpire. Right. Our, you know, they are a moderator. They're here to make sure that the rules are upheld and that the game is played to the best of its ability within the rules. And, and I, I, that relational aspect is what helps that when you're on the field with the coach and the, you know, the, coach and the officials. It's just so hard to have that. I, and I think that's what helps with, you know, when you show up to a school, John, and you say that I, this is a school district that I would love to go work at because of that relational aspect with yep. the athletic director and the administrators. It's, how do we get that? How do, you, how do we establish that with parents and fans? I mean, because you can have that with the kids, too. Like you said, you talk to the catchers. I've had my catchers come over and tell me all the time. Dude, this guy's hilarious behind me, right? And, and, yeah. and he tells me a little bit about what you've been talking about and things like that. And uh, and I like that. Yeah. I, I love that. that oh, I love that interaction have a relationship with, the, with, the with your catchers. Yeah. You have to. There yeah. is no doubt. And personally, I like my catchers to know that I'm human. And I think right. if fans realized mm. that we are human, just like everybody else, we're not robots. It, it, just because I put a chest protector and a shirt on mm -hmm. doesn't turn me. I, I mean, I wear glasses. When I put that chest protector and that shirt on, I still wear my glasses. I'm yeah. not perfect yeah. at yeah. all. And it, if they could humanize it a little bit, I think that would go a long way 
in a relationship just in that mm -hmm. part of it in that aspect of it right there because i see a lot of these people out in the community right and they don't ever talk to me like that when i'm out in the community right they come up like they're my friend but then as soon as i step on the floor <laughs> Yeah, it's all kinds yeah. of names and it's fair game. Well, and I told you you're and, crazy and, for ever stepping on Florida. <laughs> yeah, you know, you oh, I are bad. yeah, I agree with that. But and you know what? Let's be honest. Parents, fans, you don't want robots. No, because nah. oh, if, no, you, if no, you get no. a robot up, then your strike zone is going to be the strike zone every time, and there are going to be lots of things that you're like, "That's a strike," because your catcher catches it <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. move. And uh, either you'd way. be really surprised at what 17 inches really looks like. You, you really, really would. <laughs> either and way, like in our NCA meetings this year, our our SEC of our, our SEC commissioner, when he came in and he brought that uh, he brought the plate out and he put an overlay of where yeah. we're at and we're talking a third of an inch outside. Yeah. You don't get it. Yeah. I, I, but that's where technology is with us. And guys, we get one look right. at everything this long. And you don't have that box. No. Like you're not envisioning that box that we see now on TV, right? I, I got to be honest. I am actually amazed. I know there's been a lot of talk about how poor the umpiring is in the MLB. But the percentage of times that, that, that those guys are right Actually, on a, on a, a ball, on a, like on a ball that, like you said, is a quarter of an inch outside that box, and they hold, they stick to their guns. Like, no, that's that's yeah. outside, and everybody else is yelling like that was a strike, and we're looking at it on TV, going, no, actually, it wasn't. No, it really wasn't. And 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 he saw that. I mean, that that's incredible well, to me. Well, think about it like this with numbers: a ninety mile an hour pitch takes point one seconds or no, 0.3 seconds to get from the mound mm -hmm. to the plate. Yeah, hitters know. We have <laughs> enough time. That That's the same amount of time as it takes for you to blink. And you don't, yeah. you don't see that the first third of the trout. You don't right. see that first third, but we have to pick that up. Yeah, we because have it to could be outside call. the strike zone yeah. when it leaves a pitcher's hand. But and that doesn't matter. To, and we've got to follow it all <laughs> the right. way in. So we have less than a half of a second to watch, digest, and not only digest the pitch, but we got to watch the pitcher. We got to watch the yeah. catcher. We got to see if there's going to be a steal being made. Did he check his swing? Did he go all the way around? There are so many different things that you watch for with that pitch, not just the pitch. Yeah. And it, it again, people don't realize that there is that much that goes into it other than, oh, well, he missed that pitch. Well, I was watching to see if he balked. I was watching this kid right here. I was watching my catcher, and if I missed it by a quarter of an inch outside. <laughs> oh, yeah. And somehow you're supposed to be able to see if, let's say, the hitter strides, hits a ball to the gap, and he is his front foot lands outside the box. Yes. Or you're expected to, right? down. Bunch of the well, yeah. worst thing yeah. because the catcher's popping yeah. up, the kid's squared around, and you're trying to get all of that and trying to get a position in case he misses the pitch to call the pitch. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got called Bush League one time because I pointed out the kid stepped out of the box. I kind of thought, yeah, that was kind of Bush League. There's a uh, Twitter account, <laughs> there's a Twitter account uh, out there called Umpire Scorecards, and it's it's a I don't know where they get it from, but it's um, they they post uh, every major league like baseball grade. game. Yeah, like how many you know how many balls they missed, how many strikes they missed, impactful missed calls, things like that, and they they grade the umpires on every game. It's something that I've looked at uh, over last year or so and it's just it's interesting to know yes they do miss a lot of calls but <laughs> that's the that's the human element that comes right. into it and i think what is surprising is how many they get right oh it is it, it is surprising that yeah. was my point is it because some of those that they get right you say you know when you get an obvious one right that that's great but some of those on the edge where it you know, I mean, a hitter's like that was high. I'm like, no, actually, bud, that was in the strike zone. Yeah, that was that was in the box. Well, and that's like, you know, okay, we go to multiple camps each year, and that is our biggest thing. Is well, there's two things: timing. Timing is the biggest thing. Timing is more important than anything mm-hmm. else. And getting the best view you can. And I heard umpires, this, or I heard commentators this year talking about us getting in the slot and looking diagonal. Well, he doesn't get a good look at that outside corner pitch from that. Oh, yes, we do. Hmm. Get back there one time and I'll show you exactly yeah. what we see. But there again, you know, you've got commentators. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If we John could watch Smoltz. the game, oh, if we could watch the game on mute, it would just be so great. <laughs> what, what do you mean by timing? You said it's real. It's the most important thing. What, well, explain that for our listeners. Okay, timing is you see the pitch coming in. Catcher catches the ball. If you've made up your mind before that ball gets to the plate, as soon as that catcher catches that ball, you're banging that strike. If you see guys hesitate just a little bit and come out confident with their call, they've took time, they digested it in their head, they figured out where it was at, yeah, I've got that strike. Yep. That's what you want. That's what you want. People understand that. They're like, oh, he he was unsure. No, he's making sure. Right. Even even a bang-bang play at first base. I would rather see him go, yeah, what I saw, what I thought I saw, I really did see. He's out. You don't want to make that call quick. Yeah. And, and the reason, one of the reasons why is because if you do get fooled and you have to process it, now you're unsure. Yeah. Right. Now you missed it. It don't matter. You're banging a kid out at first and your first baseman drops the ball. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you did it early, right? Yeah. Yeah. Make now sure, you, you got, look that's, like an that's the example. That's the example of making sure, that, of taking it all in. It's yeah. not just, did he beat the throw? It's, did he beat the throw? Was the first baseman's foot on the bag? Yeah. Did he catch the ball? Did he keep control of the ball? Well, for umpires, I wish that they, and, and, and players, I wish that the college rules and the high school rules were the same. <laughs> yeah, there's, that's another I, issue. I really wish that they were, because... For umpires, in the college game, we have voluntary release. I don't know the what that play means. is not done oh, until you see voluntary release of the ball. And if you don't get voluntary release of the ball, it's not a catch. It's not an out. It's nothing at all. So a transfer. Yeah. If it comes out on the transfer, guess what? 
that's not voluntary release. And he's safe. Really? Oh, yes. What, 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 what uh, college? In college? In college. I wish that was the same way in high school That's because bizarre. then that gives us our timing. Yeah. Because then we get to watch the play all the way through before you call this until he releases the ball, and then we get and, our call. And you got to remind you you got to remind yourself then bouncing back and forth between the two yeah levels. What is the rule? Ooh, that's this? real true. Yeah. That's real well, shoot, it's don't, just, it's, it's sometimes some things are different from NAIA to NCAA, yes. right? Like the, the DH rule, the DH rule, the ten run rule. Oh, they have a 10-run rule in NAIA? NAIA, yeah. they can go five innings, there was, four there double games. I wish there was a 10-run rule that I've watched. <laughs> oh, okay. College scores are there, lopsided there on are Sundays some now. College My games gosh. Well, the championships. The, the, the last World days Series, of the yeah. championships. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, done, you're out of pitching. And, and you're sitting there in Omaha in 110-degree weather, and you're just... Yeah, <laughs> I got to tell you, it was my first. It was my first opportunity to go this year. I'll take that. I love it. I'll every sit, day you see? Of the week. I'll take 110 degrees in that venue every day, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Now you're talking about yeah, we yeah, buddy. Be 110 and 30. Yeah, weather's pretty nice outside, by the way. Oh, we didn't talk about yeah. the weather. There it is. There it is. Every uh, 148 episodes talk about the weather. So, okay, we got to come up with some solutions here, right? So, what do we need to do? What you know. Well, let me ask you, John, why should someone become an official? I, I think that the over the past few years, there have been there have been a lot a lot of different things have happened that have caused the shortage of officials. And some things, some, you know, we we spent 50 minutes now talking about one aspect of it. But another aspect is some guys got old and retired. Yeah. And 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 on the other side of that, younger guys are not desiring to get into it or for one reason or another, they're just not doing it. And I think another very real thing that happened was COVID. Was you know the world shut down, sports shut down, and even though we decided to come back and play, some of the people who were officiating those some games decided, you know we, what, I've kind of enjoyed my time off and having have my summers and having my yeah, and so they just decided not to come back. And I I read a stat in Ohio that there was like two hundred and forty thousand officials that's a lot that's in, that's in the nation maybe yeah. nfhs maybe it was an nfhs stat yeah, two hundred and forty thousand officials in the nation and we lost forty thousand of them from, from between 2019 to 2021 it was forty thousand less well, so you yeah and there's a couple of reasons and it's not just the fans and it's not just being abused by the fans. Yeah. It's the pay. You see a lot of other states that are in the triple digits for pay for varsity games. And we are nowhere close to that. Mm. In Ohio? Yeah. Across the board? We are nowhere, nowhere close yeah. to it. And that's another part of the contributing problem is, is why do I want to go out there and get berated for two hours if I'm not making anything for it? And I know that this is secondary and you don't make a career out of high school sports. You're, you will not be able to do it. It, it just, even if you work yeah. every single night, it wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. But again, make it worth the while. Mm-hmm. I have passion for the game. I love baseball. Love it. You've seen me out there. I just, I have fun with it. It's the greatest sport in the world to me. 
But when I was sitting there making $40 a game, I'm sitting back looking, going, you know, it's just not worth it. So one obvious thing that we can do, school administrators, rec league operators, people like that, directors. Have a set pay. We've got to figure out a way to pay them more. But if you're you're traveling, like a set pay is great, but if you're traveling over a certain amount, I went to a school last year, and we won't mention any names, but... Eastern. No. It, it, was, it was way out of the area. It was about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes away. And I called the coach because they called me up and said, hey, I see you're open. Why don't you come out here tonight? And I was like, it's kind of hard for me to come out there when you guys pay $60 yeah. for an hour and 45-minute drive yeah. and a two-hour game. <laughs> And he was like, I will take care of your gas for you. And gave me an extra $25 for gas. And I will go back out there every single time because the man put forth yeah. an effort to help. Now, yeah. was, that, was, that the, uh, was that administration or was that No, that was a coach. Hmm. And I'll go out there and help the coach yeah. anytime I can Yeah, because of it. But... I think if we just felt appreciated, yeah. I guess. I, right. I, I mean, you don't have to bow. Oh, my God, you know, here they come. Let's bow down. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be Well, that's not what's like being that. expected either of you guys. You know, it, it just, the appreciation of not getting called explicatives. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two words that I've, that, that I've, circled and written down in my notes here today is appreciation and human is I think, I, I, I think if we, if we found ways to show officials that we truly are grateful that they're there, I'm grateful that I, I'm grateful that I get to coach. I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for my coaching staff. You know what? I'm also grateful for these officials here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but that's from an administration standpoint, a coach's standpoint, a family standpoint, parents, kids. You know, John, you and I have talked about, you know, we were planning this last year and you had some health issues last year so we didn't get the chance to do it, but I want to do it again this year is, is for my baseball classroom. I want you to come out and just talk as an umpire. This is, yeah. this is my perspective on the game and this help my kids to understand what you know and my coaches yeah. right well, to understand like we were talking about the catchers me and my catchers yeah. have to have a relationship yeah. if you don't say a word to me back there it's going to be a long day sure it, yeah you yeah. know you got to you got to be able to, like here's a good and here's a good I story really want to ask help. John what he thinks of Jake go for it no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it. But I, Pat's got, got a catcher a, over here. Have, you, got have a, you done some of their games? Yes, I have. I know who he's talking about. <laughs> but here's a story for you. Calling a game at a school, college game. Got a good zone that day. Feeling good, getting a good zone. We've got a good game going. That's a good point right there. It is. Like, you don't feel good as a pitcher every day. Right. Like, as a, even, a, that's, no. a, the, um, the umpires have good days and bad days. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point. Sorry, John. And you mean no, no, no. It, it, you're right. But we've got a good game going. Got good pace. Good. It, it's just great. And I've got a ball that, cock shot. 
right down the middle of the plate. <laughs> and I just look up, I'm like, ball? Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. And you blew I, it. You know, I blew it. I kicked that call yeah. bigger, bigger than bigger can be. And I leaned down, I looked catcher, I was like, and he just threw it back, didn't say a word, nothing whatsoever. And I leaned down, I was like, hey man, boy, I kicked the shit out of that call. <laughs> He said, man, you've been calling a great game. I figure you wow. would do for at least one. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> and yeah. let it go just like that. Well, but he recognized we had that it. relationship, yeah. too, to where, you know, he realized that, you know, we've been calling a good game. Everybody's human. And, and I mean, this was a beautiful, beautiful pitch. And the coach is yeah. standing up on the top of the dugout <laughs> going, John. And I looked at him. I was like, you know where it was. I know where it was. <laughs> They knew where it was. <laughs> Let's just stop. Yeah. yeah. And yeah let's go like, to the next know, pitch. It's like we say pitch. to our kids, like we say to ourselves, so what? Next pitch. Yeah. So what? And, and next you pitch. you know, you guys, you get 27 outs. That was one pitch. That was one one pitch. The next one, the kid knocked you've it over the got, fence. But. You've, got, <laughs> you've got a grand total of 81 strikes. And if you didn't get that one strike, right? What else did you do? Yeah, yeah. I think that's another thing that you know. Not it's we have to recognize that that's it's part of, those calls being missed, bad breaks, is part of the game. Like it's part mm-hmm. of the game that we love. Yeah. I was uh, I could feel myself just melting when Nick Chubb got hurt in the Browns game the other night. And I was watching Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach, and the way that he was dealing with it. And I'm like, I am so deflated. And I'm I'm just a fan, you know, sitting home on my couch, but I'm so deflated. I can imagine how that team feels and how that coach feels and all those players. But in those situations, they don't have the ability to blame somebody. Hmm. The only thing that they can do is continue to play, mm-hmm. right? And I think one of the things we need to we need to put value in the idea that by, you know, giving umpires a hard time, whether it's the fans or the coaches, we're 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 creating an excuse for ourselves that we don't have to continue to play. Yeah, you know, we can just blame the officials that this is the reason. Yeah, they're, they're going to screw it. us. Yeah, right. So. You know, and really, that's just part of the game. It's the same thing as a as an error, as a as a ball that that you know has a lot of spin on it. You know, a seeing yeah. eye single. You know, whatever it is, those those are the breaks of the game. You call and, it bad luck. Call it what you want. It's yeah, just, you it have to play through it. it. And if you overreact to those situations, the body language, the negative connotation to what you're saying is going to negatively impact yeah. your team. And yeah. that that's true for, from a player perspective, coach perspective, fan perspective. It's yeah. all true. It, it is. And and piggybacking on that about uh, about everything is when you're an umpire and then you become the father fan. <laughs> yeah. And your kids get in the car and excuses. Excuses are great. Dad, did you see that? He called that. Pi- did he call it a strike? Yeah. Then it was a strike. <laughs> yeah. Uh, baby, you got three strikes to do something with your bat didn't leave your shoulder one of those three times so i don't want to hear it because you didn't put forth an effort to try yeah and and i try to be like and she and they would be like well i'm not getting playing time go talk to your coach 
I'm not your coach. I'm your dad. If you want more playing time, go find out why you're not getting more playing time. Absolutely. And then I'm, I'll help you with whatever he says. And I will says. help with it's whatever you, It's probably going to be yeah. you're not good enough. Yeah. You're, you, there's some, you know, you, and you, I will You've got to get better. Yeah. I, I, try, I have tried my best to instill no excuses. Well, and I think what you're talking about, too, is you, based on your experience on the field, you have a greater appreciation for all the things that everybody's doing out there, yeah. officiating, coaching, playing the game. And so it makes the fan experience more objective. It makes yeah. it really makes it better. It makes it easier. You know, I've, I've often said, go to a game that you have nothing vested in, no vested interest whatsoever, yes. stand along the outside outfield fence, and you'll find out how foolish some people sound when they have something vested in it, right? Not only that, but it's good practice on how to respond, because yes. usually in those situations, you'll see an umpire mm-hmm. make a mistake. And you'll be like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, you'll be like, oh, he missed that one. And then life goes yeah. on. And yeah, life goes on. Deal. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's short-term memory for us. Yeah. It really is. We, we, we try our best. And I'm not saying every umpire goes out there for the same reasons. Some of them go out there just for the money. Some of them go out there because they absolutely just are in love with the game and want to be around it as much as they possibly can. I love those guys. I know more people like that. And, and those are the greatest guys. Cause those out are the there. ones that have been around for a long time. We love it. Yeah. Right. So, I know we got to wrap up, but I, yeah. tell us, John, okay, let's say we're talking to young people that they're not going to continue playing baseball or football or basketball, you know, and they're maybe going to go, go to college or not go to college. You know, everybody who officiates in the context that we talk about here on, in, in a youth sports context, they have other jobs. They have yeah. other, they have other lives besides oh. officiating, but offici- officiating is still a really good thing to get into. It is. Why? Like what, like one of the ways that we could help this problem is to recruit more people to officiate. <laughs> so right. why should young people, why, you know, why should they, what's the benefit of becoming an official of youth sports? Well, like I've said before, every time I go out on the field, I get butterflies because I played. It helps me to stay around the game. And I saw you, I, I love watching the kids grow like your son. Mm-hmm. I've saw I yeah, saw, saw I saw up. Brock since he was ten years old, growing up to now where he's an athletic director and in charge of stuff himself. Yeah. That's great. I love to see that growth, and that's what I tell people is is that I've had kids that come up to me that I've umpired for probably ten fifteen years ago couldn't remember them to save my life because I see so many of them, but they come up and they talk to me. Mm-hmm. That's great that they remember something that I did for them that, hey, man, I remember it was great seeing you, you know, that makes me feel appreciated again and great. And my best friends. Yeah. I have so many friends and not just umpires, but from the coaching standpoint as well that I've met over the years. Gibby, love Gibby Mm -hmm. to death. Would have never you ever been ever yelled at by Gibby. No, not once actually. Now, <laughs> wow, I've, I've heard you're the of, only umpire that he's never yelled at before. I always heard of. Here's Come on, why, John. But see, here's that's why. It, 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 some of these old guys, man, they had a way. <laughs> of like you didn't even consider it. it. Like 
Oh, trust me. He was on every umpire, oh, every he, game. Yeah. But it didn't feel like it. There was something about it like, come on, he's John. funny, right? It, 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 yeah, it's, it's... As he's walking away from yes. you. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's, yeah. a, it's a hard... It's a personality and, and trait. And there are certain coaches that you will let get that last word like that. Yeah. I, there, yeah, there, I, there I guess certain... I would guess Coach Caldwell gets the last word. No. <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to that with 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 recruiting, it my friends. I make money. Anybody can make money at a job. You can go down to McDonald's and make make money at a job right there. The friends that I've made around these sports are lifelong friends that I would have never ever run into. Yeah. Had I not done this, my friend Chris, who lives out in California, we go to visit him. He comes here to see us. I'd have never, ever Hmm. known him Hmm. if it wouldn't have been for baseball, for sports, for doing things like that. And that's what I tell people. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know what is going to really happen. It's not just a game. Right. It, it, right. It really it's, isn't. And yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, uh, it's a, it, it can be a better quality of life, believe it or not. Oh, absolutely. It, it increases yeah. your quality of life because of the relationships. There's always going to be, there's always going to be negatives. There's always going to be those, you know, those little, those bad, th- those ups and down times, yeah. those, you know, arguments, things like that. But the bigger picture is, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. It can be a heck of a lot of fun. It's a game, guys. When I'll, and I'll tell you, that, you know, for, for, for other people who are officials and listening, I can say this about you, John, personally, because over the years, you know, you have officiated a lot of games that I've coached in and I've watched you and you've come to me. And, and I remember before you were doing college games and you called or texted and said, you know, cause you, you want, and you wanted film, you wanted me, Hey, be honest with me. Right. right. Be, I want, I want to know what I need to work on. Yeah. And I, I don't always have official, I rare, very, I can count them on one hand. How many times I've had officials, you know, ask me that Anthony Sheets has done it before. I've had a few, but, but you always were, were like, I want to be the best I can be. Yeah. And I, re, I have told people this, there are people who listen to our podcast who have heard me say to them, Hey, listen, I've seen John when he first started doing high school games, and I've seen John behind the plate and doing college games. That sucker has improved tremendously, and it's because he wanted to, and I said it's because he loves the game. Mm. You can tell when an official loves the game because, one, you just want to give. You want to give whatever you can to it, not just to the kids out there, not just to the coaches, yeah. but the game itself. Yeah. And you and I see that in you. I've seen that in you, and, I, and that's the reason why you have progressed and you've become successful. And it's the reason why now I, I want you to come and do our games. I, you know, there are some people I'm on the same, like there, there are some places you, you don't want to go and some places you do want to go. There are some people I don't want to come do our games. And there are some people (laughs) I want, I want our athletic directors to call these people. And I, you know, and and that makes us feel appreciated even more than if you walk on the field and a coach sees you because a lot of times the coaches don't know who's going to be there for those games because they get assigned by assigners. And when you walk on the field, we watch the coaches 
And if you roll your eyes or uh, or anything like that, oh, it's going to be a long day. Oh, man, yeah. We're gonna, I'm going to have to send them to the visitor's dugout now. It's too close to the way. But, you know, hey, we, got, we, don't, we don't just have water in our dugout. We got whatever you guys want. <laughs> you want Gatorade? We got Gatorade over here. Are, you, know, are you a Coors Light guy? We got, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and there again, the one thing I wanted to say is, Everybody thinks we're out there to cheat them. Now, everybody saw last year with Reggie Lewis down in New Orleans during baseball season, during college baseball season, where he pulled his little stunt. And everybody thinks that there is no repercussions for umpires. The man lost his entire career. Wow. They took his license. He might do high school games. He'll never do another major college. And he had a full SEC schedule. And the SEC. I'm going to have to look this up. I don't know money. what you're talking about. Do you know, do you know what he's talking about? Mm. Okay. No, I, 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 I'll, when I'll you said Reggie, bit. it didn't surprise me because one of the biggest arguments I've ever had with an umpire was an umpire <laughs> named Reggie in Let's a district championship game a few years ago. There was a game <laughs> down in New Orleans. It was a Division I college baseball game player didn't and and we're bottom of the ninth two outs runners on second third and they're down by one kid didn't like an outside corner strike call jumped five i've feet seen videos of air. this i do know what you're five talking about feet in the air and the umpire didn't do anything and i'm gonna tell you what the minute he left the ground is the minute my finger would have been leaving the air yeah. Oh, but and he then he did, called one that was way out. And then he called oh. one that was two feet into was, the other batter's box to end the game. Yeah. I thought that was fair. He got. I didn't realize. <laughs> well, he, after the kid reacted the way he did. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a different ball game now. Now, before technology and before the video recorders right. on the phones, we would have all yanked the string on him and done the same thing. Yeah, there's no doubt. Well, that's the only reason why now. the guy got fired now is because everybody's got a camera yeah. in your pocket, and it got it got on camera. And, I and, think, you're, I think and, and I'm going to tell you what, for SEC games, when you are working a three-game weekend, he threw away a lot of money because yeah. you make $4,500 for a three-game weekend well, at least. Well, and that's the problem the is, I mean, yeah, you and I are like, yeah, that's fair. The kid shouldn't have acted that way, but the reality is he cheated. Yeah. The umpire cheated. Yeah. And I mean, he called something that was an obvious standard. ball a strike. I wouldn't call that cheating. Well, it was <laughs> retaliation for something that he didn't like. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I like John said, he should have threw the kid out. I blame the coach for getting that strike called because the yeah. kid wouldn't have stayed up there. Well, exactly. Well, yeah. yeah. He would yeah. have been out. But yeah. at the same time, the umpire should have either handled the situation he to begin have. with. He should have. You're or right. Or left it alone. If he, if there he, are you're a lot right. of you're people right. that fall in that situation. It, they, yeah, you're it's right. It's a whole yeah. great A lot of people have to take ownership. line. But he should have. He should have threw that kid he out. Is the is the umpire is the last one in the we're line. We're calling this. The we're first one in the line is the kid, kid by right? The, the second, yeah, the, yeah, the young <laughs> man, the man. <laughs> the second guy in line would be the coach. Parents are in there somewhere, right? The way you were raised, you know, Jeez, made you want to. Yeah, there's not, a lot of people who are responsible yeah. with for that for that particular situation. But, right yeah, there. when I've and, seen that video, that was the the what the. I, I did see the umpire. I didn't know what the guy's name was. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I do, now. too. My focus was always on the way that batter reacted. 
I never, I never, I never yeah, because I kind of smirked when the umpire called a strike. I'm like, eh, good for him. That's what no. I thought too. Yeah. No, not good for him. See, not but I love ever. it, John, that you, that you're, that that's the stance you have Yeah. because you're a professional and you're like, no, that's not what we do. Right. No. I mean, here you and I, Pat, as from a coach's standpoint, are like, yeah, that umpire, I, I, he deserved to be able to do that. But you as an umpire are saying, no, he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You don't hear that. Like fans, we don't realize that umpires want. They want other umpires to do the, do it right. Oh, do your job right. right. Because if you come into a game and you call something, well, they didn't call it last game. Well, yeah. And then you're fighting that uphill yeah. battle the entire time. Well, where is that at? I can quote you rules if you really want to, but if they're not doing their job, then when you come in and actually do your job, it makes it even harder. Yeah. And so that's why we, we always are just like, do what's expected. Yeah. You don't have to go above and beyond. You don't have to do it. You don't have to be a super umpire. Oh, I'm running all the way out to center field to watch it. Uh-uh. You don't have to be a super umpire. Just do your job. Yeah. That's all we ever ask. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, speaking of what's expected... I think this podcast probably earned you and I some calls this year, right? <laughs> probably, but John probably won't be at any of our games now. <laughs> That's right. No. Yep. It'll be there. <laughs> I always like yep. coming out and working games with you guys anyways. We've always had, there again, we've always had good relationships where yeah. if something's working last year, when your catcher's setting up outside and he literally didn't move his glove on probably seven or eight yeah. pitches that I know of. And I heard he did, your he did what we wanted him to do. Yeah. I heard your assistance and I leaned that, down and be, there I have Burton. that. Coach Burton, he's talking about you. That Eastern, that Eastern <laughs> program teaches their catcher to do that just to make the umpires look bad, John. But you know what? That's exactly I just what leaned I down and I said, when you go in there, you tell him, those are outside, and he needs to let me work. And you know what? Jace did do that. And, and our and catcher I know did do that. that. We he, have. He told us all. Yeah. Like, and, and, and that's the relationship that I try to build with my yeah. catchers is you go in there and you tell them. And, and that's my nice way of getting yeah. it under control because if I actually have to look up and acknowledge you, then right. we got problems. Well, and that's one of the things that I, I also said to our coaches is, you know, Part of the reason, like the reason why we have the the catcher set up out there, is not so we try to get a call that's actually a ball that we, we want to get that call a strike. You're setting we want up the, a pitch. We want the hitter to have to try to go after an outside a pitch that, that's off the plate a little bit. And kudos to the hitter, to the hitter yeah. for not doing that. And right. kudos to the umpire for calling it a ball, even though he knows we all think it's a strike. Yeah, you know. I mean, the angles that you guys are looking from it, it looks great. Oh, from the dugout, yeah. everything looks everything like a strike looks, when our team's in the field. Yeah. Well, From the that, coach's box and the third base side, it's all a, it's all a ball. And Everything's a ball. You know, we teach <laughs> in our classes for plate mechanics, get your up and down. Because coaches can always see up and down. And I actually say that. I've, I've been known to say that once or twice. To an umpire? Well... Like, where, you know, because I, like, I don't usually ask where was that at. I don't like asking that question. But if somebody offers it voluntarily, no, that was down. I'll sometimes go... I can see up and down. That didn't look down to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean it, you know, I can see where his knees are and where the ball cross. I, I can see that probably better than you. Yeah. I mean, from standing back behind the hitter, yeah. it's you know, it, it's it too is. bad you can't have two people 
you know, you see in and out, you look down at the guy, the, the umpire down. standing down by the dugout. Hey, was that up or down? No, that was good. Okay, strike. <laughs> hey, if Imagine you, how long the game would be then. If, if you want to do that in our next game. We'll help you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'd be glad to volunteer. I'll volunteer hey, for that role. Chris, they don't have to up? pay me extra for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait until we're playing Southern. <laughs> and and uh, I'll, I'll let them know. I'll let Kyle know at the plate at the plate meeting. Hey, I'm going to help John umpire you from the coach's box. You want him to box. lose the rest of his hair, don't you? <laughs> He, let him know, you know when you're at Southern so that he knows right, the part right. of that payment. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, it, it's as long as we can get up and down, in and out is not truthfully that much of a problem. Out is a little bit of a problem. Yeah. But after you've done it enough, you know where it is. And man. is this like, this is a mechanics question, is up... Are you supposed to get your eye level at the top of the strike zone? Is that the goal? And then anything that's above your eyes should be a ball? Anything that's well, eye level or below? Well, every umpire is different. But what we try to teach is chin to head. Top, bottom of your chin to the top of the catcher's head. Okay. And then because now you're looking over so you can see that top part of the strike zone. But when you're looking over him and down over his shoulder like that, you can see that outside corner too. So yeah. it's, a, it, it's one of those things where, and a lot of times, you'll see us reposition when the catcher moves. And that's not to protect us. Right. That's just because, okay, he moved a little bit more in, so I've got to come up a little bit more to be able to see down in. Mm. So it's all... Because you're not going to move... You you have you have to establish where you want to be, right. regardless of where the catcher is. That's why when you're watching the Little League World Series, you'll see an umpire sitting out there all exposed by himself because those son of a guns will they'll sit twelve feet outside at the Little League World Series. Maybe that's why they call those yeah. twelve feet. Yeah. Outside. I've told them before: you go out like that, you better make sure you catch that pitch because if you don't, it's going to be a really long day. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of that, let's let's close with this, yeah. John. Tell us a story of the worst foul ball you've ever taken. <laughs> oh, Lord. It would have been at uh, High Valley University. Okay. College uh, ball game. College ball game. Chad Porter. Who's now coaching who's now high coaching school ball at Warren. At Warren. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. He turned whiter than their uniforms because his third hey, baseman. Chad knows how to get on an umpire. I've tossed him <laughs> twice <laughs> in college. Chad listens to our podcast, I think. We'll find or out. No, we'll find no, out no, after today. Once, in, we'll once in college. No, once in college, and that was it. But matter of fact, I got both head coaches that day. But um, their third baseman, he come around on an inside corner pitch, and I had enough time to go, this isn't going to hurt. No. And it caught right here. Oh, in the face. Ooh. Straight See, I in thought the you face. were going to go straight between the legs. Yeah, me too. Nah, I, you have a cup and you have protection and if you don't wear protection, it's your own fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But this one, this one knocked me out. I mean, oh, I wow. literally fell onto the catcher. Uh, they were playing Cedarville. And yeah. I mean, that boy from Ohio was throwing probably low 90s. Mm-hmm. And that foul ball came off, and when it came off, I seen it coming, and there ain't nothing you can do. 
Except go, this going to rattle you. <laughs> and it rattled. Now, did the uh, athletic tra- trainer come out and did you have to follow, like, did they have to um, follow concussion protocol oh, with yeah. you? I had, to, I had to follow concussion protocol. Yeah. Went to the hospital. Yeah, I was there. Lulu. Oh, yeah. I, I took, I had to take the next week of games off. Yeah. But I mean, you, yeah, you, if you oh, have a concussion, then you, you have to be. Oh, it rung, it, it rung my bell to the point that it broke the strap off the side <laughs> of my mask right there, too. Wow. Yeah. But that was that that was the ugliest foul, foul ball I think I've ever taken. That's fun, too, to have that story. It's part of the fun. Yeah. Right. War stories are the greatest yeah. in the world. Yeah, for real. I was at Eastern Michigan one time what was doing, your- doing a game up there. Them in Akron, when Chris Sabo was still coaching at Akron. Yep. And One year <laughs> or two years. And catcher went out. Pitcher came in with an inside fastball, and I caught it right there. Or on the inside thigh. Missed it by that much. I have <laughs> padding that is right here, and it hit right there. Yeah. And after I got feeling back in my leg, yeah, and that catcher, oh, man, I you don't get to talk to me no more. <laughs> yeah. I said, matter of fact, I've, I've got two things for you. <laughs> Mick Ultra better be sitting in the locker room after the game. Right. And I don't care where that first pitch is when it comes in, you probably ought to swing at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, but, you know, and he knew I was joking about that. And, oh, but yeah. we had that relationship where we could laugh about that part of it after figuring out everything yeah. was okay. But I'm going to tell you what. That hurts. Sure oh, it does. Lot. Absolutely. Yeah. And I had a bruise from my crutch <laughs> to my knee. And I hated everybody that night. <laughs> what's your what's your favorite uh, moment of running somebody? Your favorite ejection. Don't say Pat. Chad Please. Porter. Ha! That's awesome. <laughs> Chad's come up twice in this podcast. <laughs> Chad, well, we had a bulk call. That he didn't. This was in college game? This was in a college game. We had a balk call that he didn't agree with adamantly. And he came charging out of the dugout. And he wears that plastic baseball hat. And he... The the, the, yellowy? Yeah. And he banged it right off my head. Oh. And I'm like, that's a like accidentally or no? There, see, we're gonna have to was, get Chad on now to let him he, he uh, let him speak out. for himself. That's right. <laughs> he was coming out to argue it, and I, he got closer than what he realized he was getting. <laughs> I got all the way out to the left fielder out there because I was right and I was walking. He, John, you okay? Just go away. This is not the time to talk yeah. to me. But yeah, that that was probably the best. Brian Bowen's only been run one time in high school. And you did it? I did it at Meg's when Bissell was there. <laughs> I don't think I've never gotten run in a high school game. Mm-mm. Or at least not by me. No, I've never no been I have not. A baseball game. In a high school game. Uh, I did have to leave a uh, 15U travel ball game in Cincinnati because uh, Abe Stern, our pitcher got called for f- four or five bulks and uh and they and this was a young guy behind behind the mound it wasn't the guy behind the plate calling him 
And he kept calling him and the guy behind the plate, because there was a couple of, I'm like, okay, I'll give you the first one. I, I, I didn't really see what he did, but then I started paying attention. Of course, I was like, that, that's not a balk. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I, right. I'm like, that, that's not a balk. Like you don't understand the rule, what a balk is. And so I go to the home plate umpire and I'm like, are you really going to just let him do this? And he's like, he's like, yeah, coach, I'm not going to go against him. I'm like, well, you're both going to be wrong then. Well then that's, and then he threw me out. Huh. He threw me out. Yeah. It was, it was a semi, semi, uh, and then Did you go back and say I, semi semi final game of a, like a weekend tournament, and so I just I went over That's to Starbucks and hung out the rest of the time. But it, what was funny is the team that we were playing against, the one of the coaches from that team later, it would it wouldn't have been fifteen, it'd been fourteen you because during Brock's 15, 16, 17, and 18 new years when he played for the Midwest Marlins, the, the coach for that Pickerington Predators team, Dave Walters. He came and recruited Brock and Brendan to play on that Marlins team, and he said, I'll never forget that game in Cincinnati when that umpire ran you because you said, you better not call another balk on that kid, and, and you started arguing. I'm like, that was right. That was you guys, wasn't it? And I said, that's the only time I can think of that I've gotten thrown out of a game. Did you go back and say, I'm going to go find out what I said. I want to know what I, I said. Wally Backman him. <laughs> I, no, I want to know what I said. Here's, a good, squeak. Here, here's a good one for you. Tom Heiler. Division one coordinator, NCAA coordinator of umpires, over everybody. He gave a speech at our la- at, at the last NCAA meeting he was at. He was helping coach his eighth grade girls basketball team, his daughter's basketball team. Foul over on the side, didn't get it. The guy over on the side who was a little new didn't get it and stuff. And he looked at one of the other umpires. He's like, "That's a foul right there." Sorry, coach, not my job, not my responsibility. Worst phrase you can ever have as an umpire because that tells you that you're not watching the game. Now, you shouldn't ball watch, but to tell a coach that's not my responsibility, (laughs) that is a weak excuse for a poor that's always a weak excuse. Yeah. Not my responsibility. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and especially for umpires. Yeah. That is not what any evaluator or anybody Yeah, because I guess the hear. response there is, I don't care whose responsibility is, isn't it all of our responsibility to get it for right? Right. Yeah. I mean, regardless, yeah, yeah maybe that's respons- not your call, but did you see it? If you saw it, shouldn't we get it right? Well, the NCAA but, tells us, if there's a question, get the crew together. Well, that's why we have Talk replay now. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times. I mean, calls are getting overturned like crazy now because they're being proven, right? Right. And I mean, call I mean, it good or bad, but I it, umpires it, hate it. Some umpires love it. I want to get the call right. Yeah, I do. For the integrity like those of bang, everyone, bang, the, the bang bang plays. Again, you get that it's much time to watch it. Yeah. So if you've got this much room between his foot and the bag and you're watching the ball and listen, it, it, it Ty goes the runner. And it's, yeah, it's <laughs> show me that in the rule book. I've, I've, I've I said that in jest. That, oh, I know. We, we actually have, have an episode where we talk about those myths that people yeah. don't understand. Yeah. That's why I've always, I, you know. There is no such thing as a tie. There is no he's, such He's thing. whatever the umpire said. Yeah. Safe route. Yeah. He either, either got the there before the ball either did, or the he ball did. beating, or it didn't. Oh, there you go. There, that's, that's that's the it. answer. That's it. That's the answer, yeah. right? So, well, John, appreciate you. Thank hey, you. Spend some yeah, time with us. Yeah, was, it was a lot of fun. Good deal. Good deal. Well, we look forward to seeing you back out there again. Um, Most definitely. It's really good to see you up and at them. No more of those Facebook posts from a hospital bed. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really even know you were sick. I uh, messaged you there. Someone yeah. told me you're in the hospital. I didn't even know. So. Yeah, I spent about a month in the hospital with that thing. I wouldn't recommend. Missed your favorite time of the year. The baseball I to, season. I had to give back every single one of my tournament games. Yeah. And yeah, I cried as I did. Sure. No doubt. The College World Series was on. I couldn't mm-hmm. even watch it. I was like, I watched a little bit of it, and it just made me. And then I look outside the window and I'd see the sun and I wasn't allowed to go out in it. I'm like, you know what? Click. I'm just going to not. <laughs> when you step out there this spring for the first time, you're going to have a, a whole different appreciation. I, I already have that appreciation, but I'm, you yeah. are exactly right. It is... I don't even know how to describe it. It, it is just that's the best way to describe it. It is that long silence right there. Yep. You, you, you just yeah. It, it is. It's baseball. Yeah. 